So I'm sitting down doing my damnedest to try to get these MREs through my system. And a dude walks right in to the latrine. And essentially, it's a setup where it's plywood in a line. And it's like an L shape around the room. So you have an entire L to sit. Dude sits right next to me. Just the hole in the plywood right next to me. Knees are virtually <laughs> bumping into each other. And just starts talking. I don't know him. I've never met him before. He was just one of the other individuals on this training exercise. This is situations like this you ever encounter? Not, not the knee bumping. No, that's, <laughs> that's a little awkward. It's um, that's kind of like Roman bath style where everybody's sitting in there talking and you know their <laughs> butt crack circle jerk. But that no. How did you know we did a circle jerk? I would like, if I may. To take you on a strange journey. Welcome to Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host, Adam Campbell. Today, I have a very special guest, one Citizen Kruver. How are you, man? I am amazing. How about you? I'm not amazing, but I'm doing pretty well. It is oh. an absolutely beautiful day. Are you in a good weather area right now? Oh, I'm in San Diego, California. I just oh. got done with a five-mile run outside. It's like 68 degrees out. It's beautiful. It's always beautiful in San Diego. Yeah. San Diego. What, what does he say it's called? Oh, a whale's vagina. A whale's vagina. <laughs> the name of San Diego is what it means. Um, yeah, so uh, it's been a beautiful day here as well. And we've, I'm I, like trying to grow hops in my garden. And it's something that I've tried. And uh, first of all, are you familiar with hops? You know, to make beer and stuff? I, I've listened to you. That's about my, the extent of my knowledge on it. So hops um, are like a weed and it can grow anywhere. Except for when I plant them. For the last two years, they have not lived in my yard. I don't know what the hell it is. I don't know what's happening. But they don't grow. And so I've been growing them inside and then pulling them outside to get some sun. And it's been working brilliantly so far. So fingers crossed. But that's kind of been my day is babysitting and talking to these little hop buds that are coming right through the dirt. And it's just like, I'm so happy and excited that it's it's growing. Because in the past, I didn't even get like a little bud breaking the dirt. Like nothing happened. So I, I'm just championing these and I'm, I'm speaking to them as if they were my children. Like, you're doing a great job. Daddy is so <laughs> proud of you. Keep it up. Come on. Keep, you know, just... <laughs> I don't. It's working, so I'm you know I'm not going to judge you know anyone else's on on their methods, but this works for me. Dang. So <laughs> it's about what works for you. Yeah. Um, no. Okay. So I asked you on the show because uh, I've run across you in different social media, and I just thought it would be nice to have. Uh, I I didn't have a, a fellow co-host today, and so I thought you know what? Why don't I reach out to someone for absolutely just no real reason and just see if they want to chat with me. And so I'm very excited that you agreed. Uh, it is absolutely fantastic that you can join us. So thank you. Yes, thank you. It is an amazing, amazing opportunity. Yeah, well, <laughs> let's 
reserve that until we're until it's done. And you're like, I'm never doing anything like that again. That dude's an asshole. Um, well, we are excited to uh, have you, the listeners, joining us. Uh, it is April 12th, and we do have a actually quite wonderful show for you this week. In The Devil's Advocate, we're going to go back to the basics. We're talking the sixth satanic sin. We'll dive into that in just a little bit. In The Infernal Informant, we have two articles. 30 frats shut down in the past month as colleges respond to misconduct more aggressively, and quadriplegic man found four days after mom left him in the woods, police say. In the woods. That's uh, and then we're going to close this thing out with a creature feature. And uh, I watched the box trolls with my children, and I'm still a little shocked and stunned by it. It's just a weird, weird show. But we're going to talk about that and uh, let you guys know what to think of it. Um, and that's going to do it for the show, but we have a lot of stuff to cover before we dive in. Uh, feet first here. Um, so quickly before uh, we move on anymore, Milton and Eroticism, you guys know this segment hosted by Den Arden on this uh, fine podcast. He is uh, collected together a series of essays in a large volume titled, coincidentally enough, Milton Eroticism, and he is releasing it for sale on the 15th of this month. That's right, as you're listening to this in a couple days. So, you only have a couple days to enter the contest that he announced last week on this very program. Milton Eroticism contest in order to win a signed and personalized very first copy of Milton Eroticism, the book, the collection of essays, poems, and there's even a sex ritual in there. No shit. And I've read it. It's a good one. So you're going to want to check that out. So if you want to try to get it for free, you got a chance. In Twitter, Google Plus, or Facebook, let us know if you were on the Titanic sinking to your deaths. If you had one last act of depravity, what would it be? Hashtag Milton Eroticism, and you are entered to win. That's it. That's all you have to do. Make sure you go to Milton Eroticism Facebook page or Nine Senses Facebook page if you're doing it on Facebook. Any other one, Google Plus or Twitter, it doesn't matter. Post it wherever you'd like, uh, but you can still put it on our walls if you'd like. Um, and you're entered. That's it. So, uh, Milton... <clears throat> yes. Let's talk depravity, man. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what? so here's the amazing thing. Not so amazing, I guess. Depends on how you look at it. So I posted mine. I think it was the first one. Yeah, I hashtagged it. I was like, this is a great idea. I love listening to you guys. And it totally is depraved. And I love the scenario that he had for it. <laughs> so I, I get into my mojo. And I'm working it. And I'm like, you know what? That, that'd be great. If I was on the Titanic and I knew I was going to die, what would I do? Well, I think I would find the richest, most pretentious oldest sack of whatever on the ship and seduce her and say hey lady you know listen i might be whatever i am but we're all gonna die and class doesn't matter here and just you know totally talk it up and of course the crow's nest is totally gone because we've already hit the iceberg so yeah. that would be an awesome last place to just fuck her brains out and try <laughs> and give her a heart attack so that she died before the water hit us because if I'm really you're down, doing her a favor i mean really Exactly. Who? Yeah, that's that's perfect. She so, used to orgasm down, before she dies, and then she doesn't have to suffer the frigid, icy depths. I think that's great. Absolutely, and, and, I, and I'm warm enough from, from that. I might be able to survive if I cling on to something. You never know. You could treat her like a fucking tauntaun, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> Shit open out of there. I mean, she's older, so it's probably a little loose anyway. Just climb up. <laughs> well, so so that was great. I really liked how I played that out. Yeah. But then the next day, I think that was Monday. So Tuesday, I checked. I was checking Facebook and stuff. And as it turned out, on Monday, 
the oldest woman alive died. Oh. I killed her. <laughs> Unbelievable. I didn't, mean, I didn't mean to, but apparently. It's like I a butterfly her. flaps its wings in Africa and Milton fucks an old person. <laughs> and, and old people die. I, I don't know what's up with that. Just, I mean, obviously, I didn't kill her. But it was just really, really funny, the coincidence of me writing that. And then yeah. the oldest lady in the world kicks the bucket. And I'm like, no, no, I didn't mean to. <laughs> well, for her sake, I hope she read that and then got off somehow. So, you Absolutely. know, things work out somehow. It always works out. There's depravity for you. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. You wanted it. <laughs> well, we look forward to uh, you other listeners uh, entering as well. There's been a number of you that I've seen so far, and it's interesting, interesting stuff. Um, uh, Milton is on this week, so obviously I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Down to the Crossroads is going to be rescheduled. Life got in the way of this one, and we're going to miss Aaron, but um, hopefully I'll be uh, uh, doing a little two-step with her at some other point when I travel out um, some other time. Um, so we're going to miss you, Aaron. Hopefully you're uh, having a much more fantastic time than we are recording this. I don't know. Um, and I do want to say, as you're listening to this, my wife's birthday is literally a day and a half away. So happy birthday, baby. I love you very much. You know, my wife is uh, an amazing woman. Um, if for no other reason, there are a couple, but if for no other reason, for putting up with me. Like, if you can just imagine... What I do on the show, some of the retarded things I say, just imagine living with that every single day of your life, and that's a fraction of what it's like for me to for, to experience me in person, and then obviously, you know, just my other obs obscene and, and strange quirks that drive human beings crazy and, and fleeing from me in general in society. So, uh, thank you, baby, for sticking around. Uh, I am stronger because of you, and... I love you with all of my heart. Um, you know, speaking of family here, I'm trying to segue through a bunch of different little notes. <laughs> I had this dream. Tell me, Milton, you have children, right? Yes, I do. A child or children? I have a almost three-year-old daughter and oh, a almost four-month-old son. Whoa. All right. Congratulations, man. Thank you. I love I I love the different sexes for different reasons. So I love my son because he's going to carry on my legacy and I love my daughter because she is just like the the one tiny little thing that I I want to protect and cherish, you know, sort of like a, a like a trophy or something. It's, it sounds weird, <laughs> but I you know, I see them in completely different ways, my son and my daughter. And it may also mean, you know, because my daughter's much younger than my son, he's sort of grown and I've already passed on I guess the extent of the knowledge that he can understand at this point. So I kind of feel like he's much more on his own than my little girl. So I feel like I kind of still have to protect her. Um, but my son has gotten to a point and this is something you're going to have to look forward to where he's sort of breaking away from the family union. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've done the, uh, I, this broke my fucking heart the first time this happened <clears throat> where I was dropping him off at daycare when he was much younger than he is now. And it, I, I knew it was coming. I knew it was in the mail. I knew it was going to happen. But he said, I don't want to hug. I don't want people to see me hug you. I knew someday that that would happen. I didn't expect it to hurt as much as it did. And when he said that, I was just like, <gasps> God, I understand it because I was there too. So I get it. But fuck. <laughs> I didn't, oh. So it was this horrible wow. thing. So 
from that point, I've kind of just been trying to catch up to, to him. Like, no, come back just for a minute. I want to. I want you to be my little boy. So I had this uh, dream uh, where I had this reoccurring dream with this sort of house as the the backdrop to it. Um, and in this particular one, he was a little baby again. And and there's this wonder. And I know you're going to be able to connect with this. There's this wonderful moment as a father, like holding your your children. And just looking down at them, and they may not even be aware they're with you, or maybe there's some biological uh, connection that they have, knowing they're with you. But it's just they're they're ha- seemingly happy, and they're just content, and and you're content holding them. And there's just this this overflowing of an uh, you know love really uh, between the two of you. And so I was dreaming this, just kind of going back in time in my mind, and then I woke up crying. I was like. I, it's been so long that we've connected emotionally that I've just missed it so much. And so I woke up, uh, ran, showered, got my coffee, and my son was up at that point. And I walked over him with a coffee. I'm like, Gabriel, I just had this really wonderful um, dream I wanted to share with you. You were a little baby. So I explained it to him. He's watching TV. He looks up at me, farts, and then looks back at the TV. He doesn't say a fucking word. I'm pouring emotionally out to him, and that was his response. Oh man, that's that's like, that's fuck, awesome. Fuck, <laughs> uh, can't get no love, man. Well, <laughs> well, if it makes you feel better, I had that exact experience this morning with my four-month-old son. No, oh. I was up since four. Um, wanted to let my my wife sleep in, so I was sitting there, just holding them. You know, everyone was everyone else was asleep, and mm. just holding them and. You know, it was funny. We watched Punisher on you know, the movie Punisher together. Which and one, the original watched... or the Warzone one? No, 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 the original one. Okay. Uh, with uh, John Travolta in it. So we were watching it, and he loves those. He he loves the action flicks. But anyway, mm-hmm. so I noticed him looking at me. So, of course, I looked down, and he he's already smiling. He loves <laughs> to laugh. And there there was that connection. I mean, obviously, yeah. that biological connection. And it was... It was beautiful, and I admit, you know, there's no, there's nothing wrong with it. I, I was crying, you know, tears were in my eyes, and he was just looking at me, and I was, you know, talking to him. I was like, "I love you so much. I'm so glad you're in my life." And then he just lets one rip, and, he, it's, <laughs> it, it, and you know, you know, baby farts. He's just like, yeah. <laughs> and, it's, 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 and, and all I can do is smile. I'm like, "That's my son. That's, that's my baby. Just, just like Papa." Yeah, it, so. It is like in retrospect, you're like, well, of course, that's of course that's the reaction. It's totally of course, but at the moment, you're just like, what the what <laughs> what? Ah, yeah, it's that's awesome. Yep, <clears throat> I love it. The glory of having children. Oh my gosh, Absolutely. and then the constant panic and fear that comes along with it too. Yes, <laughs> it's totally worth it. No, it's totally worth it. Um, okay, so a quick show note before we dive in here. Um, actually, you know what? A couple show notes. Okay, so next week is going to be an insanely jam-packed episode of Nine Cents. We have Unorthodoxy with Zaftig, we have Militant Eroticism, and we have Agent Provocateur. That's right, Agent Provocateur is coming back. Darren Deicide is finished with his hiatus. I am so incredibly excited to have him contributing once again, and Agent Provocateur never disappoints in content. So look forward to that as I am. Um, But the reason why we're jam-packing those episodes next week is that the week following, the last week of this month, the week just before Valpurgis knocked, is the Satanic Witch episode. And oh my gosh, do we have some amazing witches 
in this one, people. We have Magistra Nadramia, High Priestess of the Church of Satan. We have Witch Zaftig of the aforementioned Unorthodox with Witch Zaftig. Aaron Kasava, that's right, down at the crossroads. And it's hosted. It's all wrapped together by Jesse from I Dream of Jesse. She did all this entire episode, and it is fantastic. It is like, well, this is how I felt. I felt like a, a pervert listening to three or four witches talking about personal information, like listening to this episode. It is amazing, and you are going to absolutely love it. It's all about the Satanic Witch from Satanic Witches perspective and personal experiences and everything. It is truly great. Look forward to that. A little gift of nine cents for your Valpurgis Noct celebrations. Uh, I'm going to be traveling, so... I'm not going to be able to tune in, so <laughs> we're going to have to somehow set this up so it does it itself. Um, but definitely look forward. The next two weeks are going to be awesome, but that's not to take away from this episode, which we're actually going to start right now. In nomine de nostris, Thomas In the name of Satan, the ruler of the earth, the king. Though I'm an active member, I do not speak for the church of Satan. The sixth satanic sin, lack of perspective. Again, this one can lead to a lot of pain for a satanist. You must never lose sight of who and what you are and what a threat you can be by your very existence. We are making history right now, every day. Always keep the wider historical and social picture in mind. That is an important key to both lesser and greater magic. See the patterns and fit things together as you want the pieces to fall into place. Do not be swayed by herd constraints. Know that you are working on another level entirely from the rest of the world. This is a, a truly powerful statement that, um, no, I'm sorry, uh, as, we, as we exercise Satanism through our own life experience, as we uh, are, are living and, and making our goals and meeting our goals, it's the ones that have lack of perspective that fail. If you don't have lack, if you don't have perspective, there's absolutely no way that you can be effective at lesser magic. Like literally, there's no way. You have to be able to understand how others see things, what they expect. Um, but uh, there's actually a, a sentence here, the second sentence of this that I, I kind of want to delve a little bit deeper in. You must never lose sight of who and what you are and what a threat you can be by your very existence. Uh, Milton, what do you think uh, Dr. LeVay is speaking to here? Well, it, I think it's a, it's a play off of another satanic sin, mm -hmm. which is... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm looking for it here. Ah, self-deceit. We don't want to play, play the roles that others wish us to play. We don't wish to fall into this self-deceit, so to speak, where we lose sight of who we are mm -hmm. and don't let people marginalize you. It's very, it can be very lonely at times to be a Satanist because nobody else might connect with you. You might be in a small town and you might begin to buy into things We're we're people and we're subject to our environment. So you always have to remember, and, and this comes back to study, not worship, studying yourself studying not only Satanism, but what works for you. And that's where you're a true threat because you are different from other people. You mm -hmm. are able to look beyond yourself and that's where the perspective comes in. If you seek to 
adhere to others' perspectives and how they see things, you're not going to be effective because that's not you. So do you think a Satanist needs to practice having perspective or do you think that it's uh, inherent in just a Satanist? Well, I actually uh, wrote something for for the show. As, as Satanists, I find that we are incredibly adept at self-awareness. We're very good at introspection and seeing how we are because we accept ourselves. We accept our carnality, the humanity within us, and everything that allows that, that is, that is allowed within that, where other people don't. There's guilt, there's sin, there's right and wrong, but we know differently because we look around the world without our blinders on. We don't have that self-deceit. So we do have that initial perspective, but it is incredibly important to make sure that you understand others' perspectives. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. That's our one a favorite saying of ours, and it's absolutely true. Just because you don't respect, adhere to, or even enjoy the viewpoint of another person, if these are people that you deal with on a regular basis, you have to understand them. Otherwise, you're not going to know how to act. You're not going to know how to steer the course of whatever interaction you're dealing with towards the goal that you find to be worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think some people, especially as they're termed, first face Satanists kind of fall into it. You have the people that are, they, they, they identify with what they are, with who they are, and they automatically go on the offensive and they rail against things that they shouldn't. Yeah. And, well, and, and here's the other thing. I mean, if I can sort of jump in here, Absolutely. I'm sort of double dutching, like I'm going to come no, in, fine. I'm coming in. Um, it, it is incredible. We've all run into these individuals that are just headstrong it must be my way there's no other way i'm not gonna live my life by anyone else's standards and i must be me the reality is though by doing that you are actually handicapping yourself in any measure of success that you would like to find of course you have to live by your own standards but that doesn't mean that you don't have a little bit of bend to that Um, I mean, some bombastic examples, uh, you're a Satanist, you go for some crazy reason to the Middle East and you are captured by ISIS. They demand you convert to Islam or you're going to be beheaded. Well, fuck yes, I'm going to convert to Islam for the ISIS people because I want to live. So there's reasons why it's important for you to bend your public persona. That doesn't mean you as an individual change. And I think understanding that even from a, a, a... an extreme example like the one I just gave, it can fly just as much as if uh, you're in an office situation and they need you to chip in on coffee, even though you never maybe even drink the coffee because it's always shit coffee that they buy because heaven forbid, or in this case, maybe hell forbid, anyone actually has any taste when it comes to coffee. Let's just say if you're buying Folgers from a fucking can, you probably don't really know what coffee tastes like. I mean, it's never happened to me, but I'm just saying, if that ever happens, maybe it's best, instead of you railing and ranting like I just did, to just chip in a couple bucks, because that uh, act of goodwill toward your coworkers goes a long way for you being able to manipulate them later, in more Absolutely. important instances. So just because you don't appreciate something, or enjoy something, or even agree with something, doesn't mean that it doesn't exist or shouldn't be acted on. Uh, When we're talking about uh, controlling one's uh, own conversation, how others uh, 
how others speak about you when you're not around and when you are around, you have to be able to present yourself in the way that they're expecting you to present yourself. And you can't do that unless you're able to put on their shoes, so to speak. You have to be able to slip into those uh, penny loafers from time to time. Or fuck, maybe steel-toed boots, depending on the individual. And see it from their perspective. I was uh, coming out of, um, there's this uh, Einstein Brothers bagel place, which is basically like coffee and bagels Mm -hmm. joint by my house. Um, I'm I'm sorry, by my work. And I was coming out and this was uh, a couple years ago and I was wearing this really uh, super office-y outfit. And I was walking out with my coffee and I saw these kids and they were probably 16 to 18, about four of them. Uh, walking by and they looked up at me and I had a moment of self-reflection in their eyes and it just showered me in shame because I was that douchebag office worker that these kids were looking at like I will never be that guy and I remember only just scant years ago before that that I was in their exact fucking spot going what a douchebag. Look at him and his fucking button up. Like, it was a horrible moment of reflection. I was like, wow, I, you know what? I have to be able to, if, if I want these stupid retarded kids to look at me the way that I see myself and not the way that um, I fear of looking, then I have to be able to step out of myself and, and realize that maybe I'm my own worst enemy when it comes to dressing up for work. And I, I seriously, like that moment, I went shopping the next day and I changed my entire persona for the office because I refused to be seen that way again. And it wasn't because I wanted them to see me in a different way. It was that their perception of me was reflected and it made me feel bad about myself. And so a little bit of lesser magic later and I'm 100%. So, you know, has, have you ever run into something like that? Absolutely. Uh, the the way you just described it, that's, it, it's funny. I, I still, I guess I'm relatively new to identify, identifying as a Satanist and that's fine. But I, I still like the idea of, well, we're different. We're elitists. Well, yes, we are. Cause we, we accept ourselves. And just as you said, you went out and you changed it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the biggest difference between Satanists and other people. We are willing to change ourselves. We are willing to look at ourselves, have that perspective and go, you know what? I do need to make a change. I do need to grow beyond where I am right now and, and branch out. And that's exactly what you did. I actually had a conversation with Nathan Gray about he's covering up his tattoos because he wants a job. And uh, some people were giving him some serious crap for it. And I didn't go on his, I didn't go on his page, but he, uh, (laughs) <laughs> uh, we, we we message back and forth and that's exactly what you have to do you have to present the image that you wish for what you want you have to figure out what's worthwhile and what's worthless what works for you and what doesn't mm-hmm. personally I've never had that problem just because I'm not I'm not in the corporate structure where you are I am in a corporate structure but I'm in a very unique position to where I do wear my steel toed boots and my jeans but I'll be in the boardroom with CEOs and directors and managers, and that's fine for me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's interesting because, <clears throat> excuse me, on one hand, we're talking about a little bit of self-reflection and being able to adapt so that you can better 
face uh, the world, putting yourself in a better position to manipulate others through lesser magic really is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, there's this idea of not, and this is the very tale in the last sentence of this lack of perspective sin, do not be swayed by herd constraints. Know that you are working on another level entirely from the rest of the world. And that almost speaks against to what the beginning or, or, or core of this is talking about. So <clears throat> how how is this uh, idea of not being swayed by herd constraints, yet presenting yourself the way the herd wants you even achieved. Because you know we I mean? do it willfully. We, we look at ourselves and we go, this is the end that I wish to achieve. This mm-hmm. is what I want to do just as you did. And we go out and we make that change. You never lost, you know, to paraphrase from the six satanic sin, you never lost sight of who you were and then going on you were not swayed by her constraints because you didn't do it for them. You did it for yourselves. And semantics do make all the difference, mm-hmm. especially in this, especially in this perspective, because what would happen is if you did do it for them, you'd run into another group in another store somewhere and you'd go, yeah. Oh shucks, those people are looking at me. I got to go change. And then you'd go change, <laughs> yeah. we, we, you know, but, yeah. but that's not the point. <laughs> I think it is important because no matter how you present yourself out there, uh, you're going to be seen differently by different people. So at your core, you always want to be strong within uh, your own self-identity. Um, but again, if you are going out with the sole objective of manipulating others, which, let's be honest, you're not going to do intentionally or willfully every day. I mean, it may happen because it's just a natural part of, in my opinion, a Satanist you know, living in life. You just sort of manipulate people you don't really have to think of it that much but Mm -hmm. if it is something that's going to take a little bit more exercise well then you are going to want to adjust accordingly in order to and maybe even it means you step outside of who you are as you're presenting yourself but that's Mm -hmm. just for that one act it's never because you saw it on tv and you were like yes i think that's a wonderful (laughs) t-shirt and i should wear that all the no it has nothing to do with that it's because you are willfully doing it to manipulate others or to better fit in line with what you are desiring now if you do ever find yourself in a situation where you take a little bit of a step back and you're like why the hell am i i don't even want to work here why am i conforming so much well then you've just fallen into lack of perspective and you are actually sitting <laughs> so absolutely yeah make sure that you are the driving factor behind your choices and not other people um and you know we can sit here and argue back and forth about whether or not everyone has that opportunity in any given situation but i would always err on the side of yes you do you always have a choice even if the opposite means you're in shit for a long time trying to find a better job or you're working three really bad jobs in order to uh, get to a point where you can just have that one opportunity that you're looking for, no matter what you have to do, there's always consequences. But the benefits for standing on your own two feet and only, only changing up for other people when it benefits you the rewards are are absolutely worth it in my opinion no that's Um, incredibly right on the head yep yeah i mean is there anything you want to cover on this can i put in a personal note (laughs) yeah when i was young i always had an issue with feeling like i was incredibly malleable by other people i was i i thought i was just you know really wishy-washy i couldn't 
stick to one persona. So for example, if I would, ha- I had tons of different groups I hung out with mm. and I would always kind of latch onto the persona of the alpha there. And I would always make really good friends with them. But as I ca- came to find out that it, it was an, it's an incredibly natural thing for me to display that level of lesser magic where I do take on the persona of the person that everyone listens to and everyone adheres to that. Not to say that they listen to me, but they like me. Mm-hmm. I automatically kind of fit into a group. I've never really had a specific group of my own or a clique because I can fit into any of them. And I always thought that was kind of, before I understood it, it was a weak thing, a lack of perspective, so to speak. But it was really quite the opposite. And that's why I've always been really good at making friends, being around people. Even if I don't like people, when people find out I don't actually like people that much, they're like, no way, you're the sweet, wonderful guy. Well, I'm <laughs> just because I'm good at it doesn't mean I like it. <laughs> Master chameleon. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's good. I mean, that that's, I mean, to be quite honest, that's what we need in society. That's how we need to interact with the herd as Satanists. We have to be able to adapt. All right. Well, let's, um, let's leave on that high note and do a little Infernal Informant. Here we go. Hey, what's going on fast? Uh, Infernal Informant. Get on the truck. You're out there. Uh, this is the HuffingtonPost.com, and it's by Tyler Kincaid. 30 frats shut down in the past month as colleges respond to misconduct more aggressively. And this is posted on the 7th. Um, I'm just going to go a little bit in here, and then we're just going to um, talk about it. 30 fraternities have been shut down by either their university or national headquarters since the beginning of March due to hazing, alcohol-related problems, criminal investigations, and other student conduct infractions. Most have been imposed for longer periods, typically two or three years, while some of the suspensions have been handed out on a short-term basis and will be reassessed after the school or police finish investigating reports of potentially illegal behavior. A few fraternities have lost their chapters, which will prevent the chapters from reestablishing themselves without a significant endorsement from their universities and national headquarters. It's difficult to quantify how many colleges are disciplining fraternities compared to the past years, said Kevin Kruger, president of the Student Affairs Group, NASPA. But he noted that a decade ago, schools were more likely to rely on I'm sorry, educational efforts, for example, to require members to go through sensitivity training to, <laughs> to discipline chapters that sustain them. I'm sorry, that suspend them. Administrators have a decreasing level of tolerance for the abhorrent behavior of students on campus, Kruger said, adding that at this point, one incident may be enough for a school to shut down a house. And it goes on to talk about specific houses um, that have offended many people or just outright um, been activities or hubs of illegal behavior. So I'm, I'm a little mixed on this. Uh, Milton, did you ever, uh, were you ever in a fraternity? Did you go to college? <laughs> I did not go to college and I was never in a fraternity. I've sadly only had bad experiences with frat people. Really? I don't know many people who have had good <laughs> unless they're in the frat. <laughs> exactly my point, but we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was, I was, I did go to college. I did not uh, go to a fraternity. I was at an art school and so it was very different. I was uh, paying my way through school after the military and all of our son was born. So I was also raising him. Um, so my college experience was vastly different than a frat houses. But again, like I said, every single person that I've met who was in a fraternity uh, absolutely loves it and they swear by it. And so 
because we are both lacking the uh, perspective of a member, a brother or sister, as it were, uh, we're going to have to do a little bit of uh, <laughs> perspective swapping here, as we were just talking about in The Devil's Advocate. So um, can you think uh, of... Uh, I don't I mean, let's just give a broad opinion here. Um, do you think that it's uh, justified to shut down fraternities for um, infractions that are just within the fraternity without affecting others outside the fraternity? For example, um, that frat house that was singing that racist song on a bus. Well, actually, that kind of bylines into a lot of society where you look at hate speech, you look at what they're promoting. If things, words do lead to actions. What you condone in your speech gets said in your mind, and you build this culture, so to speak, of what what you say. So if people are saying, you know, all sorts of racial slurs, and they think it's funny, that's great. It's it's all well and good when it's funny, and then people get drunk and have frat parties, and then they go out and they act upon these things because it's been funny. It's not it's not something serious, and that's where you get people breaking the law. So it's like the concept of victimless crime. Well, actually, there is no such thing as a victimless crime. Every, somebody's affected somebody so, somewhere by it. Um, right. But but in this particular instance, you have you have frats that are doing bad things, uh, crimes, whatever, whether it's you know assault or deprivation or whatever, with a bunch of people who yes are acquiescing to it, but it's not exactly something that they should be. <laughs> they should be engaging in much of well, this i think brings us back to the six the sixth satanic sin which did you choose it because of this article no oh okay because lack of perspective people are posting these things on social media how stupid are i mean how stupid do you have to be <laughs> if you're doing things that you know you, you know there's a crackdown on on fraternities you know there's a crackdown on this this type of activity on these behaviors and you do it anyway. And then you, <laughs> and then you actually endorse it on social media. Come on. That's and defend it in some cases too, which is really funny. Um, yeah, I, I take a little bit different uh, approach on this, I think than you do in that as long as it, it never crosses and it quite often does. And so that's a, a really short uh, period of tolerance for me, but as long as it never affects those outside of a fraternity, meaning I think speech doesn't matter, personally. If, if you are offended by anything anyone says, that's on you. That is not on the person. I know a lot of people really get riled up against racial language, and I honestly think by the more politically correct you are, you're actually being more racist because you're hyper-aware of racism at that point rather than just being a human being and, and discussing openly and honestly. Um, I don't think it's always the case, but I think a lot of the times it is. Um, I think uh, we're at a point in our society where if we do cherish free speech, then we have to let it exist and we have to stop policing it. But this isn't just speech. So you have rapes, you have photos of uh, victims being posted online. So as soon as it does cross that boundary of affecting those who have not opted in to this uh, childish behavior, then I do have a problem with it and you... I, I just demand you have to stop whatever it is. I don't know if, if shutting down fraternities, unless it is, I guess, multiple infractions, and then in that case, I would just leave it up to the chapter houses and the individual institutions to make that call. But I I always am a little bit concerned about our 
not only our country, but more importantly, our culture uh, becoming too politically correct. I don't like the whitewashing of everything. <laughs> Is that racially a racial term? Um, <laughs> you I, yeah. racist! I, I'm offended. <laughs> Come on, you know goddamn bigot! Uh, I I really don't like the idea of of censoring every single little thing. We, I mean, uh, everything about a fraternity that I understand is about heritage. It's about the uh, institution or institutionals. Um, I'm sorry, I can't speak. Institutions uh, forefathers. It's about um, the uh, uh, rituals that took place before the current indoctrinees. And that means that you're going to run into racially charged behaviors, sexually charged actions. Uh, but again, as long as you are a willing part of that fraternity, that's on you. If you want to get paddled on the ass and have shit stuck up your ass, hey, more power to you. I'm not joining, so I give a fuck. But as soon as you start doing that to people outside the fraternity, well then. And that's why, you know, you run across uh, a lot of people who really um, are infuriated by the hazing that goes on at frats to indoctrinees or, or to, um, oh shit, what do they call them? Um, candidates or there's another word. But I, I really don't care. They're willingly putting their, themselves in those situations. If you're that hard up to be abused physically, emotionally, sexually by other people just so you can be one of them... That speaks more about you than the fraternity. I mean, that's that's you being a pathetic human being. It, it really so, does. And, so I mean, I don't know. I, as long as it doesn't affect people outside the fraternity, do I don't I don't even care. I don't care if you murder each other in your sleep because you signed up for it. So fuck it. I mean, that, that's on you. That's I hazing don't, right there. <laughs> that's like the ultimate <laughs> hazing. Assassin's Extreme Guild college. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. They didn't exist long as a frat house. They just murdered each other. Yep. But you know, <laughs> it was a very popular frat for a couple months anyway. A day. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it is rough. Where do you find the? Are you concerned? I guess I should ask you. Are you concerned about a balance between political correctness and uh, individual liberty? On the whole, I'm. Concerned. I mean, where's that line for you in the context of a fraternity, for example? Oh, within a fraternity? Like you said, these are adults. Everybody, I believe, has to be 18 or above, which is, you know, consenting adult in our society. These are people that acquiesce to this. They say, yeah, sign me up, brother. And that's the stupidity of it. I was, for another project, I was reading the Satanic Bunko Sheet on the <laughs> Church of Satan website, and I was like, damn, this, this sounds exactly like what they're describing, like a frat house. They're talking about people who, you know, and they, they're they very nice, you know, Satanists are very nice people, but we're really nice in that we have this article that, that says, beware these individuals. If they, if they make you feel like you have to prove yourself, if they have all the answers or they're this cool clique and you have to do something to prove yourselves, you know, beware them. Well, that's a frat house. Yeah. That's, you know, we're the best, we're the coolest. It, it's like a bunch of, it's like all the religions. Oh, well, we love you most. You know, you have to do this for us. Give us your money. <laughs> Give us your daughters. <laughs> Give us your goats, whatever. But Yeah, I just watched um, that uh, HBO documentary on Scientology. Oh. And same exact thing. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, that that's just absurd. And I think it's even more, you know, tangent, but it's even more absurd that people who believe in crazy fairy tales give those people a bad name you know they go oh well you're you're crazy it's like dude you're crazy too so yeah yeah it's, it's a sliding scale crazy is <laughs> it, it, really, it really is 
Um, no. Yeah, this stuff, this stuff in, kind of infuriates me when they start um, globally uh, just bringing the racial hammer down or the political correct hammer down on everyone because one individual or a group of individuals or one house has done something uh, truly uh, offensive. It's, you know, you cannot punish everyone for one person group or institutions behaviors and you shouldn't hold that same same yardstick up for everyone else in my opinion um it, you know if if it is who you are to run around uh being completely racial it that's just lack of perspective i mean it's gonna bite you in the ass but you have that right go <laughs> be free and be offensive just you know i have a little perspective because you, you can get you killed. Um, but again, that would be on you. So, <laughs> you know, my hands are clean. Um, I, and that's why, you know, even taking it to the extreme where uh, there's now in certain states and, and has been actually for a while, but it's just now because of the news in Indiana, I believe, um, where some some businesses can now refuse behavior or actually for a brief period could refuse uh, patronage from uh, gays, where I honestly, like, I think it's disgusting. I would never do it because I don't judge people by their sexuality. Um, that makes me better. That's right. <laughs> but, it, it, it does. It does. <laughs> but I don't care. Like, if why would you want to patronize them if they don't want your business? Like, is it the only place that you could possibly go? I can't imagine that's the case in America, in but even let's pretend it is. Boycott the fucking store. Force them through economy. Like, just you know, you, you there there are ways to do it without whining about them not accepting you for who you are. Because guess what? I don't accept the majority of human beings for who they are. Not because of one thing, but for a lot of fucking things. <laughs> like people suck a lot. That's a given. Yeah. <laughs> but but I never had this conversation so many times. I can't count on religious forums that I frequent. Where we look at it and we go, okay, and, and I'm and I'm right on board with you. Where I'm like, you know, screw these people, let them sink or float. But unfortunately, look at the the pizza. I believe it was a pizzeria yeah, that, yeah. or the bakery, or whatever, and they got over almost a million donations. Okay, so these people are promoting hate speech. They're promoting bigotry. They're promoting their right for religious freedom, which is really just you know to discriminate. And then they get a million dollars because they go, oh, woe is us. We had to close down because we, you know, <laughs> said no to gays. And then they get, you know, we have a religious majority. And that is a perspective issue as well. We have to look at it and go, well, there is still a very large majority of people who believe in God and in, in whatever fashion. Yeah. And these people hold a massive amount of sway in our society. Um, now, I, I'm right on board with don't cry the victim. Go out and do something about it. But in some communities, sure, it may very well be. Oh, okay. Well, you're you're gay. Well, you know, you can't come into my diner, so you won't be getting your cheddar bacon omelet. <laughs> but I love cheddar bacon omelets. <laughs> but I like cheddar, well, one, go make your own, and <laughs> that because if you're gay, you probably make a better cheddar bacon omelet than <laughs> a diner. Wow, that was fucked up. But anyway, <laughs> but I did not know that about the gays. Well, we can ask Aden sometime. Like, dude, dude, do you do you make an awesome omelet? How's your cheddar bacon? Oh, <laughs> I feel like it has a different right. meaning. It's like a move or something. Tasty. Yeah, bacon. I gave him the cheddar bacon omelet. 
<laughs> oh man, I bet that's in his book. <laughs> but but then again, that's like a perspective on the individual. If you're yeah. in a small community where you know it's predominantly anti-homosexual, you really shouldn't go, go you know walk around going well, we're here and we're queer. That's not that doesn't do anything for you. No, obviously not. It, seriously, I mean, it, unless your point is to make the big fight and the big fuss for whatever reason of your own. And, and that's fine, too. But if you are truly in that victim stance and you're trying to do something about it, you could always move. We have borders and behaviors and social norms are dramatically different just over a single little invisible state line. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're trapped. <laughs> we pretend like we are, but people move every single day it is a normal thing if you are unhappy with where you are in life whether it's a job whether it's a relationship whether it's uh, a, a region get the fuck out of it and do something and go somewhere or be something that makes you happy it, like i just i just don't understand it, it doesn't make sense let the bigots be in their little book we still have the kkk like they are still a legitimate organization that is trying to legitimate, but come out well I mean within their own eyes. Wait, so you know, sad. <laughs> like that's that's a thing still. So how can we pretend like a pizzeria that refuses a gay wedding? Please! That is yeah. that's the big problem. <laughs> come on. And and that's another thing is the perspective of we have all these little issues going on that people rail against, and of course the media promotes it. Yeah. And then you look at the major issues and you go, really? This is what we're focused on? <laughs> Gay bakery? You know, people, you know, in bakeries and pizzerias going, no, dude, you know, you take it in the back door. So we can't give you a pepperoni because you already take the pepperoni and yeah. the service entrance. So. <laughs> I like mean, come on. Exact transcript. <laughs> <laughs> I just had that same conversation last night. Nice. Uh, well, I, I don't know. That, that's kind of where I want to go with this. Do you want to jump on this next one? Absolutely, yes. This is from CNN, uh, posted by Elliot C. McLaughlin. Quadriplegic man found four days after mom left him in the woods, police say. Um, that's a hell of a, an ending, though I, I believe it's uh, backed up here in, in the discussion. For more than four days, police say a 21-year-old quadriplegic with cerebral palsy was left lying in the woods of Philadelphia's Cobbs Creek Park with only a blanket and a Bible. It will sustain... The person responsible, that wasn't actually in it. The person responsible is the man's mother, if you can fucking believe it, who on Sunday faced a host of charges after allegedly abandoning her son and catching a bus to Maryland to see her boyfriend, said Philadelphia Police Lieutenant John Walker. Low temperatures reached the mid-30s during the week, and rain was reported in the area Wednesday and Thursday. The man is unable to communicate how he came to be in the park, but Walker told reporters that the man's mother, whom he did not identify for CNN, left him there Monday morning. Sometime at 11 a.m., the mother went to visit her boyfriend down in Maryland over in Montgomery County, and we believe she placed the child into Cobbs Creek Park, Walker said at the news conference. Walker told CNN the man was transported to Presbyterian Hospital, but CNN affiliates reported he was being treated at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. He suffered eye problems, dehydration, malnutrition, and a cut on the back of his, uh, uh, yeah, on his back that raised, uh, has raised infectious concerns. Um, they're talking about how the boy's a uh, fighter, how the mother indicated that to both family members and, and police officers that the child was actually with her, with her boyfriend, in Maryland, um, and uh, let's see, there was other, actually, family members who were more than willing to accept care of this young man, and the mother refused 
though since it seems the mother has another child who is also being taken care of by family members. Uh, this is proof that not everyone should be able to be a parent. <laughs> Just proof. Yeah, there's examples of that every day. <laughs> so, uh, quadriplegic, cerebral palsy, son left in the woods so she can go uh, say hi to the boyfriend. Un believable but 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 dude he, he he left a or i'm sorry she left a blanket and a bible he, he was good right i mean what the fuck is yeah that's amazing to me he, he could pull the blanket over himself or read the bible but he had it with him it's the thought that counts right uh i guess i mean you, you bring up a really good point I, I know a couple of hobos, and they said that if you take newspaper or just paper in general and crumple it up and put it between your clothes and your skin, it's actually quite insulating. So maybe, maybe if he wasn't stricken with cerebral palsy, he could have done that. So <laughs> her head was in the right place. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. It was somewhere. <laughs> this is the part that really bothered me: that he refused to say the mother's name. Mm-hmm. Why don't we publicly shame people? Why can't we just say, no, Mrs. Smith left her fucking son in the goddamn woods and she should suffer the social consequences because of that. Now, I understand we have a legal system and we must do that. And I'm not saying by shaming someone should mean anyone takes any physical action on her. But let's sew a little cerebral palsy Bible and blanket on her fucking sleeve and make sure that people can identify this cunt for the fucking person she is. A horrible mother, a horrible human being, who should not have any responsibilities in life at all. In fact, I don't even personally... Okay, so let's be fair. The kid didn't die. Mm, if he died, I would be calling for her death. Mm-hmm. I, I truly do believe in Lex Talent. Lex Talent ta- blah, I can't even... Maybe I should go get a glass of wine really quick. Lex I believe in Lex Talionis wholeheartedly. Eye for an eye, all the way in my opinion. I know our legal system makes that actually quite difficult because we have such a shitty one, even though, you know, as in scales, it's better than, I would say, probably most of the others around the world. Yeah. Um, but it's still flawed. Seriously flawed. Um, and so Lex Talionis isn't always the right choice simply because we don't always convict the right fucking criminals. True. But if we did, then we should kill. In this case, there is no question. There's absolutely no question. She claimed the son was with her, knowing obviously he wasn't, unless she was insanely high and had a cardboard cutout of a little kid or a 21-year-old cerebral palsy quadriplegic, which would be a weird cutout to have, but let's just say she had it. So in her mind, it was, but she was high, so it, she knew he was not there. Of course, of course she knew. She needs to be punished. So, uh, Milton, in your opinion... Let's say you have absolute authority in this case. With the details as you know them, what would be a fitting punishment for this woman? (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I did read the article, and there was a lot to it. I I, I think part of it, from what they were saying with the aunts, were willing to take ownership of 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 the boy, of the man, I guess, 21, and that they would take him. I, I think this is actually, I think they're going to find instances in the past, instances in the past where other people did try to get ownership of him 
and did try to, you know, help him where she wouldn't. And they knew this, but instead, you know, he's the mother. So the law usually almost always sides with the mother. And it Mm. seems like perhaps she just wanted the money. She just wanted the disability money and that she was, (laughs) I had this interesting thought that, well, you know what? Maybe she dropped him off in the woods and went to go see her boyfriend and she was going to go pick him up after (laughs) a few days and just like, here you go. You know, the woods will babysit. He really likes camping. I mean, yeah, yeah, maybe like, well, it's a blanket in the Bible. What else do you need? Come on. He really likes nature. Roll your four quadriplegic ass around and eat some mushrooms or something. I don't know. (laughs) But, oh, in, in this, I mean, we don't have this in our society, which is a shame, but I mean, um, hard labor in the hot sun for many years, um, in riddles of her absolute discompassionate attitude towards her, her son. And it also makes me wonder, uh, the mother has another child, the 16 year old who is also being, being taken care of family members. What are they mm-hmm. going to find about this 16 year old? I mean, does yeah. he have, or he or she have, have issues and history of abuse. Absolutely. Um, but (laughs) I'm, I guess I'm rather draconian in that. I think you should have to have a license to (laughs) to have children. I know. I absolutely believe. I mean, if you're willing or if it is a norm to license yourself, to carry a firearm, to, um, drive a vehicle, then why the hell are we not doing that with other human beings? Like, it just makes perfect sense to me. You know, I, I'm, I'm tippy A child is much more dangerous than a firearm. <laughs> we know yeah. this, we have children. <laughs> I mean, realistically, though, I mean, you, you're setting up a pyramid of abuse if you are not up to the task, which affects a, a huge, sprawling amount of people. So not only the individuals that those human beings um, are abusing, but the future of that abuse if it continues, the relationships that they have to get in, and so on and so forth as it spirals out. It is much more traumatizing for society as a whole to have abusive people in it than to, um, uh, well, to not, uh, duh. <laughs> so I, I think it's a real serious problem. So, I mean, the mother is being charged right now with aggravated assault, simple assault, reckless endangerment of another person, neglect of a care-dependent person, unlawful restraint, kidnapping, and false imprisonment. I mean, she she is gonna, I think, get what's coming to her. But I really love this idea that if you have proven to be inadequate, we should be able to force sterilize. Oh, absolutely. It doesn't seem that brother. insane to me. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. I mean, you you look at these people who procreate because they, for whatever reason, whether it's God, whether it's oh well, I'm able to. They think it's their right to produce. Well, no, I, I'm sorry. It, it's not because you don't end up taking responsibility and accountability for your children. What ends up happening is that the rest of us do. Mm-hmm. And it's called welfare. It's called criminal action. If you are not up to the task of raising a responsible, accountable and critically thinking adult through you know age birth to 18 – then you shouldn't have a child. And it is a very difficult job to do that correctly. And of course, there's the factor of, well, you can't always control what your child does. And that's fine. Yeah, but you don't have to add to it. No, and there has to be some standard. But currently, there's not. There's Mm -hmm. no standard whatsoever other than being able to just, you know, skeet, skeet in a woman and boom, you're good. That's ridiculous. Actually, I'm a big fan of the skeet, skeet in a woman. (laughs) It's... (laughs) 
It's just it's so it's so awesome. Actually, I have my vasectomy <laughs> consult tomorrow. Oh no! <laughs> While we're on the topic, I mean, my consult's tomorrow, and then I was gonna try and get it done by the end of the month for whatever reason. You know what's mm -hmm. happening at the end of the month, but it's gonna be the week after. Ah. So I was like, hmm, just in case. <laughs> yeah, All right, yeah. well, I'll try not, not to get you pregnant but... right before you're. <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, some people, else, some, some some other it, people listening to this do. It's it. Oh man, you know, some people it puts them out for a couple hours. Some people it's weeks. It it's just such a. It totally depends on the individual performing the uh, outpatient procedure and the individual getting it. And yeah. uh, did you I, have good luck to you? What? Yeah. Oh, you're like, yeah, dude. Fuck it was a nightmare. It was an, I, I've told this story on the podcast before. It, it was an absolute nightmare. I don't want to go into it again because we're already running late, but it was a horrible experience, but best luck to you. <laughs> Thanks. Snip, snip. Bye. <laughs> it was, you're going to have a moment where you are going to be able to smell what the inside of your ball sack smells like. You'll see the puff of smoke, <laughs> depending on how they do it. It was a terrifying, terrifying experience. I'm so, so scarred. All right. <laughs> Good luck. Like, literally, you have a scar? Yeah, well, yeah. Actually, I do, yeah. Mine broke open. Oh, dude, don't tell me. No. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. We'll talk offline if you want. I don't want to... Okay. <laughs> I don't want to eat up any more time. Let's, uh, let's do a little creature feature and uh, close this bad boy out. Sounds great. This is Darren Deicide. You starve for the facts, but you can't find them. You know you are tangled in a web of spin, and you don't know which way to turn. Join me as I broadcast Agent Provocateur from the bowels of the barracks, where we deconstruct global affairs, pulling up the ugly truth and smearing the hypocrisy in the faces of the masses. Join me only if you're prepared to question everything you may have believed to be true. And have a few laughs in the process. This is Agent Provocateur. Alright, the box troll <laughs> I can't fucking The box trolls, people. Whoop whoop. Okay, so this is actually uh nominated for an Academy Academy Award Best Animated Feature. It lost to Big Hero 6, which is also actually quite a good Disney um uh 3D animation movie. Uh The Box Trolls is a stop motion animated fantasy comedy movie. Uh, it was directed by Graham Annabelle and Anthony Stacci, and it basically tells a story about a boy named Eggs, uh, who was raised by trash-collecting trolls who live and drape themselves in boxes, hence the name Box Trolls, um, and he attempts to save them from a pest exterminator named Archibald Snatcher. The, the film itself... Okay, so... It, you have to like kids' movies, first and foremost. It does have a really big um, <clears throat> uh, feel of, like, uh, uh, not Frankenweenie, but um, 
There's another one that came out just around that same time. There was stop animation. Um, okay, it'll come to me. Anyway, it's it's uh, very much like those. Um, <laughs> why can't I talk? What the hell? I'm oh, the one drinking. Fuck. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just trying to think all these movies. I'm trying to compare it to, and it's not working in my head. Um, it's actually a really colorful and what what I love about animated films, if done right, is that. It is an absolute package of an envi- a total environment. It, it doesn't take place in the real world and then try to throw in some fantastical elements. Uh, it's it's all in. It's an artistic, uh, fully realized reality, and it is it is such a colorful little film and it it's so quirky in its in its portrayal of these characters and the the main uh, antagonist Archibald Snatcher is this terrifyingly disgusting creature this this monster who is just lusting for power and the entire film is based around cheese like the city is called cheese bridge all the streets have something to do with a type of cheese the Mayor is at the center of this cheese-loving council. They're called the White Hats, and it's this sort of exclusive political group that sort of runs this cheese town. And it's just so obscure and weird. It's it, you have to watch it. I had to watch it a couple times to fully understand what I was watching because it was so out there. It was so strange. Like the concept, you you get it. There's a little boy who was raised by trolls. You uncover why he was raised by trolls. You discover why Archibald Snatcher wants to capture these trolls because he just wants a white hat. He wants to be a member of the elite. The catch? He's fucking allergic to cheese! (laughs) He wants so badly to be in this elite cheese-eating group that runs the town so he can have the best of cheeses, but he's fucking allergic to them! And then, like, the, the, obviously the boy isn't a troll. He was raised by the trolls. And it all goes back to the the uh, ambition of this one Archibald Snatcher. Just trying, chasing those white hats. Trying to get one. But he's such a disgusting human being, no one wants him around. So he sort of makes this deal with the mayor. If I get rid of every one of these box trolls, because he... I don't want to give away too much, but he says, if I get rid of every single one of these box trolls, if I capture them all and kill them, then that will earn me a white hat. And everyone agrees, okay, that, that's what we'll do. And so that's sort of the the plot of the entire show. It is fun. It's better the second time. There's a lot of moments where it's really awkward. I mean, there was a moment where I had to explain to my daughter and son about transvestites, like because of this movie. Oh. So, it like, age-appropriate, yes, unless you have the conversations I had. Oh, it was Coraline and uh, Paranorman that I was thinking of. I knew it would come oh, to me. Oh, yes. Really fantastic Favorite. films in their own right. Yes. So, you know, it, it was the same people who made those that made this, and so it does have that really a sort of uh, clay 3D feel to it, which is really wonderful. The colors are just vibrant. The action, the actors... The animation, it's all stellar. It's all top-notch. It is so quirky the first time. Again, unless you're ready to watch it a second time, it may not be for you or your kids, but if your kids are anything like mine or you're anything like me, then you're going to be watching the same show like 80 times anyway if it's halfway good because that's what kids do. They just love re-watching shows. Um, and I do too. I have to admit that as a, a young man, while my family was off to uh, church, 
I would literally just chain watch Willow for years. <laughs> Every Sunday nice. was Willow over and over again. So uh, I even ironically had a short person call me Peck one day. Like, what the fuck? Kind of breach of fucking etiquette. Calling me. A, it wasn't <laughs> like, that's how weird. Like Willow permeated the culture of my neighborhood that I grew up in. It was really weird. Um, anyway, this is a really great show, The Box Trolls. If you have not yet seen it and you liked Coraline, which is a little bit dark for a kid's movie, but still fantastic. If you like Paranorman, which I don't think was as great as Coraline, but it was still a really good movie, The Box Trolls is definitely another one you should be checking out. Especially, I mean, it was nominated for Academy Award. It has to be somewhat good, in at least a little. But it is weird. It was, it was really weird explaining uh, a man dressed up as a woman to my kids. Like that was a, that was a weird one. Like I've already gotten through the, you know, some boys like boys, some girls like girls discussions. And I've always, <laughs> I'm such an asshole. I always make little feelers to my boy because he's old enough to have these little feelers. Wait, that sounded weird. I mean, verbal feelers, Pro, ver, not probes. <laughs> this is getting worse and getting worse. worse. <laughs> no, I was just like, so uh, your, your, your boyfriend coming over? He's like, what? No, no, no. I'm like, you don't like boys? He's like, not like that. And I'm like, oh, okay. I get to see girls at some point. <laughs> like, I know there's going to be a point where he's 18 and he's going to bring another hot 18-year-old girl. And he's going to be like, my boy. <laughs> That's my boy. Yeah, I can't wait for that moment. I mean, you know, if it was a handsome dude, I wouldn't be shouting like, "That's my boy!" But I'd be like, "Congratulations, good job, man!" You know, it's, it's different. It's he has brought home. I'm just digging my hole here. Uh, he has brought home an unattractive little girl as a girlfriend, and I like pulled him aside. I was like, <laughs> "Oh no, dude, no!" I'm a horrible person. Did you? <laughs> I told. I'm like, you can do so much better than that. I'm just saying, as kids, you don't really have a personality yet, so you're kind of just going off looks. I, you can do better. You, and then I did the really wonderful conversation. What's her mom look like? Because that's what she's going to look like. And I used to think that was a load of bullshit. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. Oh, my God. It's true. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it is. It's <laughs> anyway, my, my wife's mom is actually really good looking for her age. So I'm pretty all right. Hell, yeah. And now I can't let my my wife listen to this podcast. <laughs> no, I didn't record anything, honey. No, I was just I was researching um a, a movie. That's all. <laughs> Adam used my voice that fast. Oh no. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's wonderful. All right, well, I think that's gonna do it. Um, have you seen Box Trolls yet? I have not. My wife actually reminded me today. I was like, honey, have you seen Box Trolls? Let's watch it before the podcast. And she was like, I've already seen it. Well, you know what's going on? Well, actually. I've already seen it because she doesn't sound like a man. I've right. already seen it. She sounds like that tranny on the show, <laughs> actually. Like apparently. <laughs> no. Now she really can't listen to it. Crap. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But no, I was like, "Have you seen it? You know, let's watch it." And she's like, "No, I already. You know, I rented it that time. I watched it, and then you were supposed to watch it." And I was like, "Oh, I didn't watch a crap." Uh, but I did read the synopsis, and I guess. A part of the plot line, which doesn't give it away too much, is that I guess the box trolls are vilified mm -hmm. in that, you know, they, they steal babies and they kill them. And I'm like, oh, doesn't that sound like Satanists? 
Well, I mean, yeah. Satanists and Jews, because apparently Jews do <laughs> um, You know, someone's mi- misrepresenting someone else for their own gain. Huh. Which, which for Jew, which for Jews isn't true. You know, they they would kidnap them, make them work for them, and that's that's a big difference. <laughs> okay, that that's a Lewis Black joke. I'm not a bigot. Okay, so. send all hate mail to info at milton.com. Oh shit! <laughs> but no, it, it's a really great premise. Um, looking at it, and I think it's an important message for children, whether they get it subconsciously or not. That you know, there's there's these lovable creatures in boxes apparently that are just <laughs> okay not hobos i said creatures <laughs> don't, don't go, don't go up to hobos in a box please <laughs> oh no but there's these lovable creatures that are just living their lives and they're vilified for something mm-hmm. you know for another person's gain oh look just like every other religious leader out there blaming satanists and satan for horrible acts which we don't do mm-hmm. and then they go along to actually promote a free society for, you know, tolerance and equality in the concept that, you know, within the society, you do what you're supposed to and you are a good citizen, yada, yada, which is kind of what I got from it. I didn't see the movie, but that's kind of what I took out from the synopsis of it. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's what a I love message. about. Yeah. There's, there's a complexity to kids movies uh, that's sort of, Standard nowadays, but I feel like when we were kids, that wasn't the case. Like you just had random shit happening because it could happen. You know, I mean, it was, it was literally like a coyote chasing a roadrunner and then ordering crazy technology to destroy the roadrunner, and it just squishes him. Like no morals, no real story. Just I'm trying to kill something else badly. He just wanted some Roadrunner meat. Come on. I mean, <laughs> you, you think he could have ordered that from Acme? He, you think he could have ordered 10 O Roadrunner meat? And it yeah, if, if there was like a true Roadrunner drink that he could have just drank instead, <laughs> like true blood for vampires, yeah. like it would have been so oh, much easier. Oh, that show. Don't get me on that. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, you know what? We're going to have to cut it off there. This has been a lot of fun, Milton. Thank you so much for joining me. Yes, it has. Thank you so much. It's been awesome. All right, and for you out there listening, tuning in at TuneIn Lands, there's more than one. That's it for another show. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'd love to hear from you. Visit the website 9centspodcast.com and send your correspondence to info at 9centspodcast.com. Let us know of any suggestions, critiques, corrections, or general comments you might have. Hey, if you liked what uh, Milton said or sounded like or spoke to, let him know. Uh, is there a way that people... I mean, you can always send it to me, and I'll forward it on to him, but Milton, is there any way people can uh, reach out to you? Uh, yes. Yes, you can go ahead and just contact me at milton.c.kruver, that's C-R-U-V-E-R, at gmail.com. Uh, really cool. simple. I'm also available on Facebook. Um, I'm pretty open to conversation if you have mm-hmm. any kind of comments. Cool. Let them know how I did, people. I think you did great. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you, it was. Like the commentary. All right, and listen up, people. You can always check out show notes, contest information, or just little glimpses into our lives if you follow us in social media, Satanet, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, or MySpace for nine cents. Get updated weekly here. And remember, every Monday I put this show out. You can find the RSS feed at ninecentspodcast.com. We're also on Last FM, Stitcher, and YouTube. 
If you do get us on iTunes or YouTube, send us a rating and or review. I've gotten a couple of testimonials recently via the website. I appreciate that too. Keep them coming. If you'd like to learn more about Satanism or the Church of Satan, visit churchofsatan.com. And remember that the only way we're going to continue doing this bad boy is if you continue your correspondence and your sharing of nine cents. We appreciate it, and the greater world at large fucking needs it. So let's help spread this bastard around. Once again, thank you for joining me. As always, I'm your host, Adam Campbell, being joined this week by... Milton Kruver. Milton, my man. This is a lot of fun. Until next week, hail Satan! Hail Satan!